Well, Ulysses, a much-needed sweep for the Tampa Bay Rays over the course of the weekend. If the Rays want to get deep into the playoffs, take back some division games, this is exactly how they have to treat teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online. It is where the game starts. Well, as we mentioned, the Tampa Bay Rays sweep the lowly Pirates, which I learned was the first time in franchise history that the Rays have swept the Pittsburgh Pirates, which is just kind of a weird stat because, one, it's the Pirates, and two, the Rays, it's not like they play the Pirates every year. Like, it's kind of a a weird moniker there. But uh, they won on Friday. The Rays won on Friday 4-3. to in 10 innings on Saturday, they won six to five. And then on Sunday, they won four to two. So close games, but wins are wins are wins. And uh, I guess you can look at it a couple ways. You can look at it. Well, they barely, barely beat the Pirates, but also the Rays coming back, coming from behind, winning close ball games. That's something that they've struggled to do this season. So you take it where you can get it. Yeah, you definitely have to take the the positive out of this. I understand the the negative Nancys who are going to say, well, they can barely beat them by one run. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Ultimately, it's a W at the end of the year. And and like I said earlier, this is exactly the type of of, of series that you have to have if you're the Rays and if you think that way you're way too talented and, and you're going to the playoffs and you're going to make a deep run in the playoffs, this is how you got to treat teams like the pirates sweep them. You've and, and, and you got to put your foot down. Now, obviously you, you would rather have a Dodgers reds type of series where you just annihilate the other team. But at the end of the day, when the Dodgers, you know, Annihilate the Reds. That's three wins. The Red, the the Rays beat the Pirates by one run or two runs. It's three wins. So that's what you have to focus on is that they played well, especially coming back from that New York Yankee series, which was such a letdown. Yeah, they were able to get through. And there are so many guys to highlight during this this series, Kevin. I mean, there are so many. And I want to just start with one guy, Harold Ramirez. We had an episode this uh, last week called unheralded unheralded herald mm-hmm. and boy i mean he just keeps surprising people he is this year's jeff keppinger you cannot keep this guy away from the lineup he's going to get a hit like it's he's going to get a hit no matter what no matter where up the middle oppo uh pulling the ball a grounder that he runs out anything he's going to make contact he's not going to chase this is a guy you want in your lineup it is indeed, and it's most likely going to be a single, and it's most likely going to come at an opportune time for the Rays. And I wonder, 
Harold Ramirez, do you think that the Rays bring him back next year? I know it's early and premature to have that discussion as of right now, but if he's a guy that the Rays are looking at and saying, yeah, we'd like to keep him in our plans for 2023. I I think not. I think he's just like a st- uh, stopgap kind of uh, role yeah. player. Uh, you've got so many guys that, you know, could step in and, and, and kind of provide what he can. And we'll talk about the possibilities of that guy next year in a little bit. But no, I, I think Harold Ramirez is doing just fine. I do not think he's part of, of the future for the race. Maybe one thing that uh, Harold Ramirez has working in his favor, I heard this from multiple sources, is that uh, he has athletic greens before every ball game, And that's what allows him to give the boost and the punch and uh, make contact with so many baseballs. Well, everybody has a routine, and I'm sure Harold Ramirez has his. And, well, maybe it could include athletic greens because it's the single best thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens in a cup of water, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that help you start your day right. You don't need a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health anymore. No, you just need to have Athletic Greens. So today, go to athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network, and you're going to be able to have a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So again, all you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. In addition to Athletic Greens, you can also make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And what that does is it allows Locked On Sports listeners to get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement as well. So use code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside so shop stress-free and find your forever peace by going to bluenile.com today uh one positive among the many positives over the course of the weekend um well first of all the rays didn't waste outings by starting pitchers that was nice for a change and two uh i don't think any rays player hit the injured list over the course of the weekend, unless I'm mistaken. In fact, the Rays got a reinforcement back by the name of Wander Franco. You know, that's true. And it it feels so good to have Wander back in the lineup and back on the field. They they had us a a struggling 23 games without Wander. They went 11 and 12. They dropped six games in the standings while Wander was out. So, is that all attributed to to Wander Franco? No, certainly not. I mean, not, not you know, if you if you start to make the argument that one guy can change a whole team, go to Anaheim, and then you know you'll you'll be wrong yeah. because that's or what even happens. two guys, Shohei Otani <laughs> and Mike Trout. <laughs> you go exactly. So um, no, it's great to have him back. I think he gives them a jolt in the clubhouse. Like that's the guy, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's their phenom. That's, that's who they're going to be leaning on. So I think it makes everybody a little bit better. It makes the lineup way more punchy and, and, and thicker down, down to, to the thir- last third of the lineup. So mm-hmm. looking forward to see what he can do. Um, but I do want to go back to something that you said. They, the, the race didn't um, waste 
any starting pitching outings. I would say, again, Saturday, overmanaging Kevin Crash got, oh, in, in, got, in, got in the way again. Got in the way again. You, you have a guy sub-65 pitches, and now Neil Solons, after the, the game, um, says, well, it's not only about pitches. You know, it's, it's about the situation in the game and all that. Dude, I, I, you can explain the, the bureaucracy to me and to yeah. our listeners. Is Neil Solans hired by the Rays? Like, it, does he get a a the his salary from the Rays or his from salary comes WBAE? from the Rays? He works in their media communications. His paycheck says Rays, so he is a mouthpiece for the Rays. And it's so noticeable, man. Like, you 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 can't you can't just clap at everything because you you can't just yeah. say that that was a good move. And and I and I really dislike. You know, when he kind of cuts off callers who are being frustrated and and says something like, well, you're only just saying that because if it's outcome based, Neil, people can also say that while it's happening. And then after it happened and it was a bad call or it it had a bad outcome, you can still say that it was bad because you said it in the beginning when you when you saw Kevin Cash or Kevin Crash come out and, and, and get Kluber at 65, 63 pitches. You can say that's a bad move, and you you have the right to do that as as a fan. And I just get frustrated because you can't just clap at everything that the Rays do, man. And and yeah. and, and does the, criticizing them is not saying that they're bad. Criticizing them is your ownership as a fan, as what you're giving the time of, of your day, of your Saturday to 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 this franchise, the money that you're spending to this franchise and organization. It would be a little bit more uh, you know understanding for the fan base to hear a guy like neil solon say you know what that might not have been the best move and maybe not for that particular one but just i have never in a post game uh you know uh, not not a post game conference but in a post game show right heard him say i completely disagreed with that move and and that just kind of takes validity out of his out of, out, of, out of his opinion sometimes because you, you can't just be, you know, clapping Did you try time. to call into Solon's post game show? Did he oh, cut you off? For sakes. No, no. I'm just, I was, I was, I was frustrated that like he was cutting off a couple people oh. that, that called in. And I just like, you know, that's, that's, that's not what gives you validity of your, uh, uh, of your reasoning. And, I, I, that really just just struck a chord with me. Like these are fans, man. They're 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 calling in. Don't yeah. just you know brush them off and and say that they don't know that you know Kevin Cash has always been this way. Just because he's always been this way doesn't mean that it's that it's okay or that it's right. He's well actually guy, and <laughs> I un- I get it from Neil Solon's perspective. He eventually he knows who signs his paychecks, and he probably would like to angle for Dave Wills or Andy Freed's position at some point in time, which I hope that never happens. I would always love Andy Freed and Dave Wills to be the no disrespect to Neil Solons, but they've also, I feel like those guys are more apt and comfortable with calling guys out and criticizing the team or criticizing mistakes. But again, that probably has to do with the longevity and they trust their positions. I mean, Neil Solons, he's only been, on the beat, so to speak, for a couple of years now. He doesn't have the, um, I guess, the tenure 
of those other guys. Same thing with. Uh, Hasn't it been like six years that he's been in part of the the post game shows now, or in the pregame shows? Like six, seven years now. Yeah, I don't know. I it's don't been know. a minute, man. It's yeah. been a minute. Well, th- th- there goes our uh, chances of getting Neil Solons on the show. Well, no, I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, it, it, it just, again, nothing personal. It's just, you know, you, you can't just clap at everything. And I've, I, 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 hey, the, and, the race swept. This should be a happy day. I know. I'm, I know. That's the thing. Like, it, it just, it was frustrating for, for me to hear fans trying to, you know, air their frustrations and, 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 a, and a guy who has his platform, which is in race fandom, is a pretty huge one right. to just kind of just, you know, scoff and scoff it off. And, and I think that that was well put. Well, actually, uh, that's exactly what what he yeah. does most of the time. I, I don't I, I haven't listened to Neil in a long while. I just. Um, well, there you go. That's your that's your Neil recap of this weekend. Well, actually. Neil I'll leave Here, the impersonation to you. I don't want him to block me. <laughs> I, well, I think you're going to get a little bit of a block uh, later on today. Something maybe, tells me that's going to happen. Somebody's yeah. going to call you out, and then it's going to be a whole thing. Anyway, let's uh, let's not uh, derail the train here. Let's let's keep pushing along. Again, it should be a happy day. The Rays got a sweep. Yes, it was against the Pittsburgh Pirates, but still, you got three wins, and you're back tied for third. In the AL East, which is nice, so good. Uh, and you go into an off day with a couple of W's. Um, it would have been so much better if, if the Astros had just held on and yeah. just kind of finished the job there. Because you talk about one of the factors of dropping six games back when Wander was out. Man, it was because also the Yankees were just on fire, and also you lost five out of six games against them. Yeah. That would also have a reason. Um, but yeah, I, I think ultimately it was, a, it was a good weekend, not only because of, of, of the internal factors of sweeping the, the pirates, but also what happened around the division was, was yes. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we'll continue this discussion, but first we have to tell you about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline, it is your continued source for all your sport wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. I have a question. He's yeah. Predis. Is he the real deal? I mean, he's definitely the AO player of the week. Okay. Fair, I don't yes. I, I don't I don't want to hear it at all. 10 for 15, five bombs, two doubles, nine RBIs in 17 plate appearances. That just screams nasty to me. And then when you say the real deal to me, well, it if you're trading a guy like Austin Meadows, yeah. It it wasn't just, you know, well, let's just unpack four million dollars. No, exactly. Like it, it wasn't just well, we don't have to pay yeah. these four. No, it wasn't that. It, they saw talent. They they. Now the thing that is intriguing to me is, they they did they untap this, or was Paredes always this guy, and somehow. Some way 
the Tigers were blocking this guy? The Tigers? Like, what? Like, you couldn't find a spot for Isak in the Tigers organization? That's that's what's troubling to me. Like, that the racers have a secret sauce and tell Isak, just do this. That to me, I think that's magic. That's that's nonsense. This is who Isak is. Right. It's just baffling to me that an organization like the the Detroit Tigers, who have been struggling since the last half decade, even plus, would not find a way to get this guy in the lineup. Yeah, it's it is interesting about Isak, and I think we have to have some context here. He made his major league debut in 2020 at 21 years old. That's a really, really difficult thing to do. Not everybody can be Wander Franco. Wander Franco struggled out the gate. So I would have to research this more, but just the development and making sure that Paredes was put in the best position to succeed, I wonder how the Tigers handled that and massaged that. And of course, 2020 was craziness. So We remember, yeah. And maybe... Paredes, I know in the scouting reports, he got labeled as, yeah, he's a high-contact guy. He's going to make contact like Yandy Diaz, but he's not going to give you the pop, and he's not the, – the athleticism isn't quite there, uh, even for a third baseman or a first baseman and definitely not a second baseman. So you sort of get labeled by the organization and by people that review prospects for a living, and it's hard to maybe dig out of a hole there and – change of scenery can mean a lot. It can mean a lot in a good way. It can mean a lot in a bad way, like Austin Meadows. Like it certainly has not been easy for Austin Meadows to go to Detroit and leave his Ruskin home and, you know, have to play in a bigger ballpark, (laughs) deal with uh, a move before he probably expected to be traded. But I think, uh, you know, whatever it is, Isak is starting to figure things out and sometimes it takes a couple of years to do that when you made your debut at 21 years old and he's still a young kid at yeah, 23 what, so 23 almost 24 yeah, yeah. so in in those couple of years you can get stronger you can make adjustments you can uh find a way to hit the ball a little bit harder and hit the ball squared up more consistently and, and figure out what is it that i want to be what is my strength and we're starting to see a strength that when he needs to hit a home run, he brings the hands in and uh, a high, deep dry to left. How many times have we heard that this season? And he can also poke the ball around a little bit. And what I really love about Isak is over the course of the weekend, he played three positions. He played first a little bit, he played second, he played third a little bit. And I know he's not, look, he's not Josh Lowe. He's not Randy. He's not Wander as far as he's not Vidal as far as a true athlete, but he's a baseball player. He's a ball player, and sometimes that is all that matters at the end of the day. You, you don't necessarily have to be the, the fastest guy in the room or the strongest guy in the room to be an amazing ball player. I mean, we've seen many guys that, oh, man, 5 tool player, look at, uh, man, he is cut from a different cloth, and he can't play baseball. But I think well, Isak Perez is a, is a little bit of a different, different breed here. And playing devil's advocate, there are many guys over the course, Ulysses, we have talked about this. There are many guys over the course of baseball history who have had a hot week, a hot two weeks, a hot three weeks. Aristides Aquino, for example. Like, what happened to that guy? You know, yep. totally fell off the radar. Um, Emilio Bonifacio won a Player of the Month award years ago. So, but something tells me that 
Isak Paredes is going to have some some foothold and some staying power. I don't know if he's ever going to be an all-star, but I think he's going to be a solid, solid player for a long, long time with the Rays and maybe some other organizations in the future. That's just my take. If he gives you what Yandy Diaz has given the Rays, but you increase, but with increased pop, mm-hmm. that's tremendous. I mean, he plays third and first and second, so you're also adding another position there. So that's helpful. And I want to talk about the a play that he had at first. I believe that was on Sunday. Yeah, he was playing first on Sunday. There was a, a, a grounder to first, but it was between first and the second baseman. He goes to his right. He picks it up. Shane McClanahan does not go to first. He, he, doesn't, um, he doesn't go to cover. And the runner, you know, astutely starts to sprint a little bit faster. He, he calm and collected. He went to first. He, 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 got, he got the out uh, by stepping on first. But it, he looks so comfortable doing so. Yeah. And, and, and that might just be a routine play. But if you're not, you know, not to put another guy in the spot, Harold Ramirez... I don't know, like I I don't know if if he would have you know done it the right. way that Isak did. So like it's nice to know that you can put this guy in third, second, first base, and he's just going to do his job. He's not going to make a flashy play. He's kind of a no chrome for all of you yes. old race fans. When Joe Madden used to say that about Ben Zobras, no chrome, but that's not a bad thing. You're not going to make a leaping, you know, Omar Vizquel type of throw to first to make a double play. But you'll make the double play even if it looks badly, like aesthetically pleasing. Right. I, I think that that has a merit. Just make the play. And I think Isak makes the play. He's a tremendous arm, people. He's got a very strong, strong arm. If you don't remember that, he actually made a throw to first to get a, a, a guy from his buttocks, okay? Yeah. And, and from his knees. So th- that's the kind of arm he has. So that's why I'm saying he's kind of like a Yandy Diaz. He's got smooth hands, maybe not a lot of range, but anything mm-hmm. that's in his you know, in his bubble, in his space, he's going to make the play and he's going to have a strong throw. And if you add first base to that, you're going to add pop to that. Yeah, who cares about potential all-star status? Yandy Diaz is a valuable player in this lineup. Isak Paredes adding another position, adding some pop. Yeah. That is a valuable position. That is a valuable player in your in, in your game. So I want to see a little bit more of Isak. Like, I understand the 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 numbers and the the splits and maybe this guy not but there's something about the a guy's confidence a guy feeling really hot at the plate where you just kind of have to ride that until it might get cold because it's not going to keep getting hot by benching him right not giving him starts like this is a guy who needs to be in the lineup he needs to be in the lineup Play the hot hand. He's got 10 home runs in 34 games. He leads the team with a 927 OPS. He's got a 612 slug as of right now. Is that going to be kept up for the rest of the season? Probably not. But as we said last week, he's probably going to give you, if he gets consistent playing time, at least 20 bombs, which the Rays desperately need somebody that can provide that. And he's making history. He's making history by you know being one of the very few Rays players to hit Three home runs in a game. Johnny Gomes, yeah. Evan Longoria, BJ Upton, Travis Darno, Brandon Lau. That's a pretty solid list right there, I would that say. That would have been a great sure. trivia question, by the way. Yeah, I know. Great I trivia question. There. Yeah. Um, in addition to uh, Isak Paredes and kind of burying the lead here, although I will say this about Paredes, I learned something 
Sometimes you learn something from Mark Topp. You know, I learned that Paredes is a big John Cena fan. That's pretty cool. So we, if you see him do the, uh, yeah, you can't see me thing, little yeah, shout cool. out to a uh, Pasco County resident, John Cena. If you see a uh, green Lamborghini in Land O'Lakes, you know who's driving that thing. <laughs> uh, I've got some John Cena stories that I'll save for another day. But um, Locked on are, John Cena. Yeah. When are Isaac Paredes jerseys or jerseys going to become available? I'm very curious to see if those are now at the trop. They right? better I mean, be. There's got to be a point where ride the hot hand. You you got to put those. I mean, again, right now the Rays need offense. This guy's providing offense. People want to have a favorite player. Everybody's aching for a favorite player all the time. And I know everybody's favorite right now is probably Wander or Randy right. um, McClanahan. Obviously, if you, if you're a pitching guy, um, but. Paredes, I mean, this guy's gonna kind of be, become rather quickly a cult hero, you yes. know. Uh, and 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 people like that, man. People like um, performances that come out of nowhere. G-Man Choi against Eric Cole, you know. There you go. Exactly, performances out of nowhere where where the underdog kind of beats it. I I, I would love to see some Paredes uh, jerseys yeah. and jerseys at the Trop, and maybe they're not ready for this homestand uh that's finishing up here with the brewers but maybe when they come back from toronto um yeah. in the road trip you might see some paredes uh gear at yeah, the yeah I, I see a paredes marketing promotion coming about at some point in the future that you can tie in john cena yeah you could tie in uh the three home runs you could tie in his uh mexico mexican bloodlines like there's yeah. he's got an interesting story Absolutely. Um, I, I sort of got a little off kilter here. Um, I wanted to point out another guy, another, I guess, I don't know if Paredes is still considered a rookie, but a young player. This guy is the rookie, Josh Lowe. We have been critical of Josh Lowe, but Josh Lowe, I think, starting to figure it out and starting to step up like other rookies on this team. Again, we have been saying that April, May, most of June, there's going to be some growing pains. Now, I think we're starting to see some of the figure outness come about. We saw Josh Lowe. He was hitting the ball hard in the Yankees series, but you know, for one reason or another, they weren't dropping. But now, he had a hit in every game over the course of the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And he made some really, really important, important plays with the bat. Like, for example, on Friday, working a full count, shooting the ball the other way for a single, steal second, uh, whoever was after him gets a base hit and he scores from there. Like there, there were multiple instances where Josh Lowe was in on the action and, uh, you know, help give the Rays a lead or, or, or help put them back into contention. Like, uh, seeing how he adjusted to off speed pitches and working counts and seeing him run the bases and seeing him run the bases. Well, uh, it's a nice, uh, change of scenery. So I think Josh Lowe might be a guy, I don't know if he's going to have a 770 OPS like you predicted before the season, but we might be starting to see why Josh Lowe was such a high-profile prospect over the next couple weeks or months, perhaps. And we've said it all the time. you got to have patience. You have to be patient. This is going to take some time. Well, now it's getting into three months of the season. You might see a little bit better production from all these guys. From Vidal is waking up. Taylor yeah. Wall seems to be waking up. Josh Lowe seems to be waking up. You've got the Isak Pereira story uh, shaping up rather nicely. Like The young guys are, are 
apparently getting hot at the right time. I still want to see Josh Lowe square something up higher than 93 miles an hour. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I, he, I, I think he got, got like issue. a 92, but yes, that is a astute point. So he he did show an adjustment to breaking balls, which was great. But again, let's yeah. see if he can handle the high heat because we've seen other young guys be able to at times handle the high heat. Like Vidal Bruon has actually you know hit a 98 mile per hour pitch for a base hit. So that is going to be something to watch out for Josh Lowe. But what I did like yeah. about him was he he pulled a ball, he hit a ball up the middle, he hit a ball the other way. Like he yeah. kind of showed a little bit of everything in that series. And the ball against for, the lefty, the, the ball on the other hand was a, a opposite field was against the lefty too. Yeah. So th- that's nice to see, get his confidence up, getting a hit in every game. That's perfect. And again, Kevin Kiermaier is out. So you, yeah. you never, you know, ask Tom Brady if, if, if somebody getting hurt and then you get in the opportunity opens up a, a window, uh, a door and maybe a, a couple mansions in the U S Yes, very good point. Love the uh, love the Tom Brady reference. <laughs> um, thank you for making the Locked On Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you tomorrow.